my message today is entitled, Knowing God's Will for Your Life. I have, a, I have three sons. Some of you know that I have a eight-year-old, I have a 15-year-old, and I have a 17-year-old. And something that I have found, maybe parents in previous generations didn't have this, but parents of my generation, we have discovered that it is very possible that your child can know more than you. <laughs> you know, with a phone or a computer, isn't it true that your child could know more about certain subjects than you? Because in the, world, the information of the world is now available at our fingertips. Isn't that right? But that still doesn't mean that anybody knows everything. That's right, right? Nobody knows everything except for God. Now, this message today, if you are not a Christian, if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, this topic today will not mean anything. But if you want to follow Christ, if you want to do what's right, and if you want God to be active in your life, then the Bible outlines some principles that will help you to make good decisions in 2022. I don't know about you, but as I look back at 2021, there were some things that I think I could have done that better. How about you? Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but I think we've all made decisions last year that we thought, you know, if I had handled that differently, maybe things wouldn't have turned out the way that they did. Well, if we surrender our lives to God's leading, it's possible that we can make better decisions this year. I want to invite you to take your Bible and open with me to the book of Proverbs. Would you join me in Proverbs chapter 3 and look with me at verse 5. Now, the first principle that I want to share with you, and by the way, I want to I want to just give you a little background. When I write sermons, um, I have a number of books in my library that I will pull anytime I start preparing for a sermon. This sermon is almost entirely based on one individual. How many of you know who George Mueller is? Anybody heard of George Mueller? He was a man who ran orphanages that I think at one time had 10,000 children in them. And... <laughs> He didn't ask for money. He didn't, you know, have a side business. He just prayed, and every day, God would provide for those children. Well, he wrote a little outline of how to know God's will. And so I am actually plagiarizing those principles with some additional Bible scripture to flesh out those principles. So the first principle is this. When you want to know God's will, make sure that you have no will of your own on the given matter. Look with me at Proverbs 3, verse 5. Please notice what the Bible says here. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. But here's the important point. Well, that's important too, but this is the key that I want to emphasize. It says, And lean not unto thine own what? Understanding. The Bible says, lean not on your own understanding. 
What does that mean? Very often, it's very common, it's very common that when we want to know God's will, we want God to take what we want and we want him to just rubber stamp it and say, okay, that's my will too. And this is a fallacy that many people fall into because we don't realize that often our own hearts can lead us away more often than not from what God really wants. And this is not an easy point, but this point is true. The Bible endorses this idea. When you want to know God's will, one preacher said, very often, if you want to know God's will, it's very different from what you want. (laughs) So it's like, if you want to know God's will and there's something you want, very likely God's will is something totally different. So that's why the Bible emphasizes lean not unto your own understanding. That's the first point. The second point that George Mueller outlined is something that every Christian needs to learn if you haven't learned it already, and that is don't go by your feelings, okay? (laughs) Don't go by your feelings. Now, have you heard this mantra or this maxim in the world? They say, man, just follow your heart. Have you heard that? That is wrong, okay? Biblically speaking, that is completely wrong. You know why? Because in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, the Bible says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, do you understand that if your heart is deceitful and it's wicked, if you follow your heart, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Do you know that if you follow your own heart, you will very likely make the wrong decision? Does that make sense? So, you know, this is is one of the hardest principles to really abide by, and that is don't just go by your feelings. How often do we try to do what we feel is the right thing? And I've heard people say that, you know, if it feels right, then just do it. Folks, when it comes to following Christ, this is not the answer. Does that make sense? If just because it feels right, and I can give you a number of examples in Scripture where something felt right, but it was the wrong thing to do. Now, do you remember the story of Abraham? Abraham was promised by God to have a child, right? And he waited and he waited and he waited. And as he kept waiting, he was getting older and older. And even his own wife, she experienced what we probably call in today's term, you know, she couldn't have children anymore. And so Abraham probably thought, you know, if God really wants me to have a child, there's got to be some other solution. And then his wife came to him and said, Abraham, I have an idea. You can have a surrogate. We're going to use Hagar as the surrogate. And, you know, I'm sure Abraham thought in his mind, yeah, that sounds like a, that sounds logical, doesn't it? If if your spouse can no longer have children and God has promised you one, that sounds logical. It feels right, doesn't it? You know, like, hey, that would make sense. Guess what? That was a big mistake. And so in Scripture, 
when, when we look, and, and over and over again, there are people that thought, this feels right, and they followed it, and it was the wrong decision. So principle number two is don't go by feelings. Principle number three is to consult what the Bible says on a given topic. Now, I know that most of you know that the Bible does not have a verse that will tell you, go to such and such a college, or get this career, or it does not say marry this, and then it fills in the name. It doesn't say that, right? The Bible is not that specific. But what does the Bible do? It gives us principles. And the principles in Scripture are pretty clear. For example, if you are, and I'm, I'm saying this as in general, so please understand this, but let's say you're single and you're looking for a spouse. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6.14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, the Bible doesn't say marry this person or don't marry this person. But what it does say is don't be unequally yoked. So what does that mean? If you start a relationship with someone, but that person is not a believer, guess what? That means that that person is not what? It's not God's will. Does that make sense? Now, do you realize that the scripture has these same principles for every other position or every other circumstance in life? If you're looking for a job, do you realize that as Christians, we cannot partake or be party or complicit to someone who is causing others to either stumble or fall or be hurt? For example, Christians, we can't choose an occupation of serving alcohol. Why? Because in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah actually condemned those that were selling uh, alcohol that was causing others to become drunk. Does that make sense? And there's other principles like, you know, because we can't kill, we cannot be complicit in the manufacture or distribution or the sale of, you know, weapons and these kinds of things. So there's principles in Scripture that underscore or guide us as, as parameters on how we are to choose an occupation. So, in any given circumstance, God has principles in his word, and if we look for those, that is another sure guide of how we are to proceed. Okay, the fourth principle is look at the providential circumstances. Come with me to 1 Samuel chapter 7. Would you come there with me? 1 Samuel chapter 7. And I want you to look with me at verse 12. First Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, and I want you to notice what God, what God, or what the Bible says here. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, hitherto hath the Lord so I'm going to take this off because I want to tell you a story. So when I look back in my life, 
one of the things that I do when I make decisions is I look and see how has God led me in the past. Does that make sense? I'm going to tell you a short story. There was, there was at one time in my life this job that I really, really, really wanted. Like ever since I was in college, I said, God, like this to me is the dream job. This is the job that I really, really, really want. So as soon as I graduated from college, I went and I applied. And literally, the interview was like two minutes. He said, no. <laughs> the guy that was interviewing me said, no. Okay. So I waited another, I waited another two years. And I actually went to school for this specific thing. And then I went back and I interviewed again. I drove from Los Angeles all the way up to Sacramento in my parents' suburban. And I went and I applied again. And guess what? Same guy, same interviewer. And he said, no. So I waited another five years. And by the way, my mom, who was, um, you know, following this process was like, look, there's so many other jobs out there. Why are you so fixed? Why are you so fixated on this one job? But my mom was like, by the way, she said, do you have any self-esteem? Because like when they keep rejecting you, doesn't that make you feel like, you know, a loser? <laughs> so she said like, have some pride, have some dignity. Like don't keep throwing yourself at this organization. You know, there's other jobs out there that will pay a good salary, you know? Well, anyway, I was like, you don't get it. Like, I, this is all that I want. So anyway, I said, okay. I, so I, I went a third time. Different interviewer. And this time they said, ah, we're not going to hire you, but let's just see. So they gave me a one-year internship, and I passed, and then I got hired. Now, let me tell you that from that ex life experience, I've learned something. Sometimes in life, just because the door is closed it does not mean that it's God's will. It does not mean that it's not God's will. Sometimes it's not, the, it's not God's will for that time. Does that make sense? And, and, and one more point. Just because a door opens, it also doesn't mean that that's God's will for you too. Does that make sense? I know I'm confusing some of you, but this is the point that I'm trying to make. When you make decisions... If you look back in your life and you see, how did God lead me, that can help you when it comes time for you to make another serious decision. Does that make sense? And remember that point that I made, not every closed door means that it's not God's will for you, okay? And not every open door means that it's God's will for you. You have to let God show you and help you to understand what he wants for you at that particular time. Now, this, this next point, by the way, none of these are, are alone. You have to use these all together, okay? So the fifth point is a principle in Scripture, and that is consult with godly friends. What kind of friends? Godly friends. Now, I cannot emphasize this enough. Wisdom is something that not everyone has. Do you get that? In this room, 
there are some smart people here right now. You don't all know each other, but I, I think I know more about who all of you are than each other because some of you may not know each other that well. In this room right now, we have big managers. I mean, they, they manage hundreds of people. We have scientists in this room. They study chemistry and biochemistry and all of those things every day. We have lawyers in this room. We have people that build and restore complex buildings, old buildings. We have people like that. We have musicians. God knows that that's a, music is a science all on its own, right? But just because you're smart, it doesn't mean that you have wisdom. Do you understand the difference? Do you know that one of the wisest people that I know had no college education? And I'm not saying that if you, if you go to college, you become unwise. That's not my point. My point is that it's, no, it's not a direct connection. Just because someone is smart, it doesn't make them wise. And I believe that God gives every person within their sphere of, of associations some people that have developed wisdom because of their life experiences. And when you are struggling and when you need wisdom, what you can do is you can ask God to find you a godly person that can give you good advice. Now, I'm going to say this because it needs to be said. If your parents are not godly, even though they're your parents, that may not be the best advice. Does that make sense? It could be, but it doesn't have to be. Are, are you, do you understand what I'm trying to get at? And just because you have a best friend and he really cares about you or she really cares about you, if they're not a spiritual godly person, even though they, they're your best friend, they might not be able to give you good advice either. In other words, don't be deceived by the fact that they are your relative or they're your good friend. That doesn't make them have good counsel for you. What helps someone give good counsel is if they understand the Bible and they have a connection with God. Does that make sense? So, Proverbs eleven fourteen, the Bible says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. By the way, that's something else that I should emphasize. Don't just go to one person and say, hey, what would you do if you were in my situation? I would at least ask a few especially if it's important. If it's important, I would ask a few people, people that I know have a real living connection with God. Okay, now, the sixth principle is this. This is important. Please, turn with me to James 1.5. James chapter 1, look with me at verse 5. And here's the principle. God will only reveal his will for you to you. Other people can give you counsel, but God will only reveal his will for you to you. And so you have to ask God for wisdom. Here's what it says. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to how many men? 
All men. Does that include you? Yes. In other words, if you're struggling, like, this is a moment, should I change my career? Should I marry this person? Should I go to this school? Should I move? Should I get a new job? All of those things, God can give you the wisdom to know what to do. And by the way, if you ask him, is he going to say, man, you ask me for so many things all the time. I'm t-. No, the Bible says that giveth to all men liberally and what? Upbraideth not. You know what that means? He won't chastise you. He won't, he won't be upset that you're asking him. And it says, and it shall be given him. I have a great testimony with this scripture. So some of you know, I went through a divorce, and after my divorce, um, I, after some period of time, I re-entered the dating scene. And, you know, I joined one of these Adventist dating sites, and for me, that, was, that did not go well. But anyway, it could work for you, but it didn't work for me. Anyway, um, I met, I actually had, because I had traveled a lot, I was, I went all over the world, and I knew a lot of people, like I knew people in just different parts of the world. Well, I was getting to the point where I just didn't know what to do. Like, this is a nice person. This is a nice person. This is a nice person. And I thought, like, you know, what do I do? So I realized I'm not, see, in my first marriage, I thought, yeah, I'm smart enough. I know what to do. And, and the truth is that in, in retrospect, I realized I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough to know what's best for me. So being humbled and being chastened in my second marriage, I said, Lord, you have to show me. So one day I got on my knees and uh, I put, I was having my own worship and I put my finger on James 1.5. Like, it's not this Bible. I have a different Bible, but I put it right there. And I said, God, I just don't know what to do. And I really need you to give me wisdom because I don't want to make a mess of things again. And so I said, please. So I finished my worship. I prayed. I got up. And then I, I checked my, my uh, I think it was Facebook or Skype. I forget what it was. And guess what? This person that I hadn't talked with in like five years, she wrote to me. And I know you know this, but it was my current wife. She just wrote to me out of the blue. And one thing led to another. And then, you know, we're married now. And I, I can see from God's leading in my life, if you claim the promise, God will give you wisdom. It's just that simple. He will give you wisdom. But don't lean on your own understanding, amen? Don't lean on your own understanding. So let me review these principles with you one more time. Principle number one, don't have a will of your own on the matter. Be very careful. Don't don't try to make your own desires God's will. Number two, don't trust your feelings. Number three, find the principles in God's word that govern your particular problem. Number four, look at the providences of God and consider how he's led you in the past. Number five, get wise, godly counsel. And number six, ask God in prayer to reveal his will to you. Now, this is a sermon that I'm presenting, and obviously it's recorded. But if you are right now in a place in your life where you are really, really like desperately searching because you have a big decision that you need to make and you really want to make sure that you don't make a mistake. I have like an eight-page handout. I didn't write it. Someone else wrote it. But it's a handout that's filled just with Bible verses and SOP quotations. 
that's just on how to know God's will. And if you're interested, I will be happy to share it with you. It's, it doesn't cost you anything. It's, you know, it's just if you want to have guidance, it's a great resource. I shared it with one of my friends um, that were in the Valley of Decision, and then they both read it, and then they got married. Okay, So it's something that I think you could be blessed by. Um, I want to invite you to please bow your heads with me as we close with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, it's the new year, and we want to do your will this year. We, we desire to do right. So my prayer is that we can learn these principles and avoid making missteps or mistakes. And I know there are some in here right now, they're wrestling with big decisions, career changes, a life partner, where to go to school, what occupation to pursue. And so, Lord, I claim that promise that if anyone asks, you will give wisdom and you won't chasten them. And so we ask for that to be fulfilled for each one that needs it. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray, amen.